Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 1057 The Fan. Severe weather alert. Torrential rainfall expected. Inside access to the castle with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. I'd spoken to this uh, sooner, but just um, getting to know him, his enthusiasm, his love for the game, I think that's what makes him fit in here so well. And uh, just his overall energy, you know, to what you said, is just, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, contagious. And you got a bunch of guys in that room that love football, and they're fun to coach. It's Mike McDonald talking about Patrick Queen, who had himself a monster year. The Ravens chose not to pick up the fifth-year option, and at the time we understood it. If they knew how good he was going to be, I think they would have picked up said option. But before we get to the conversation on what his free agent market's going to look like, fifth caller right now, 410-583-1057. Calls from the WGK Law. Guest and caller hotline, you'll win two tickets to see Creed and Three Doors Down on November 23rd at the CFG Arena. That's courtesy of Live Nation, 410-583-1057. Two tickets to see Creed and Three Doors Down on November 23rd. So the Patrick Queen of it all. Jason, as you're looking at it and free agencies less than a month away, what does his market look like? You know, I, I have a little hunch that he's he's not going to do quite as well as some are projecting or as we might think. Um, and I'm, you know, you have different people who put out their top 100 free agents and you know, I've seen him somewhere around the 20s. It's lower for some. Obviously, the position plays a role in it, right? And how many teams really go out and go crazy in free agency for linebackers? It doesn't It doesn't happen a ton. And we can just go back to the case study of Roquan Smith and how hard it was for Roquan to get his money out of Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. At a time when it's not like Chicago was paying the quarterback a lot of money then. They it's not like they were paying anybody a lot of money then. <laughs> Right? And and so, I mean, you know, guys who change teams. So, like, Tremaine Edmonds did get 18 a year. Like, he basically got a two-year, $36 million contract. It, it's it's cloaked as a four-year, $72 million. Mm. But, like, he also has freakish wingspan. Like, his athletic metrics are even crazier than Patrick Queen 
because of his size and his limbs and and he came into the league super young like Patrick Queen. So mm-hmm. that's an even. Like Queen's age is going to be a plus for most people, but Tremaine Edmonds also came in as like a 20-year-old. Now you'd say, well, wait, a couple years have passed since then, you know, or at least a year. And the cap goes up, but like I don't know. I don't I don't know that he's going to get 18 a year. Like I I don't because again, he's never really been the Batman, and when he was the Batman, it didn't go so well. No. They had to bring in Josh Bynes. So, I don't know. Like, C.J. Mosley, when he went to the Jets, after being the leader, right, the guy on some really good Ravens defenses, he got 17 a year. Like, That's a few years ago. A few years ago, but like, I... I don't know. Spotrack's projecting Patrick Queen to get 18-5 a year. I wouldn't be shocked if it's closer to 16 than 20. Just personally. His best bet and the thing he has going for him is the fact that all these young coaches went into the marketplace. Right? You've got Denard in Tennessee. You've got Weaver in Miami. You've got McDonald in Seattle. You've got Joe Joe Ortiz, right, who drafted him with the Chargers. And Chargers, Kenneth Murray, didn't work out there. Right? He ain't getting paid. Seattle, Jordan Brooks didn't really work out there. He ain't getting paid in Seattle or really or anywhere else. So that stuff will be working in Queen's favor. And by no means am I trying to imply that like Patrick Queen's going to struggle to get a paycheck or find people that like him. But I don't think he's going to be paid like a main guy. Like if it was 15-5, if it ended up being like a five-year deal that's really three years, 46, 48, I wouldn't be shocked. Because, again, who's going to do it? If not one or two of the people who already know him, mm-hmm. who, and, and here, who might think he's ready to make that jump, but usually you're getting paid on past production. His past, his, his, he's got 13 sacks in his career and four interceptions and 15 passes defensed for his career. Let me ask you this: Like Denard, he's the defensive coordinator, so obviously he's not the final decision maker. Anthony Weaver, same in Miami. Now Mike McDonald's the head coach. Joe Ortiz, the GM, they might have more of a say so as far as spending. Like like if Denard wants it, wants Patrick Queen, can he really pound the table for Patrick Queen like a head coach or a GM can? He can. Um, he certainly can. But the head coach there, Brian Callahan. How's he going to establish himself as an NFL head coach? That'd be offense. Will Levis. He's there for Will Levis, right? That's why he got the job. And that offensive line's in disrepair, right? And they're waving bye-bye to Derrick Henry. And they're probably waving bye-bye to uh, the receiver. So, like, yeah, do I think they're going to spend $20 million? Even $15 million on a linebacker? I don't. Go look at the Chargers. And, again, later in the show, we're going to talk about cap casualties. They got a million of them. Yeah. Like, they're not keeping Mac and Bosa. They're not keeping Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like, they're not keeping Austin Eckler. And all that stuff is just to get them in a position where they're under the cap with a little flexibility. That's not to get them in a position where, hey, now let's go out and reset the market for run, you know, for, for linebackers who mostly defend running backs. Like, if Patrick Queen got deployed on the blitz as much as I thought he might, you know what I mean? And Patrick Queen had a nine sack year or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, okay. Patrick Queen's going to get, he's going to get his twenty, and but like, and even I was talking to Bobby D about it, like Hall of Fame, twenty twenty four, yes, Ultimate Football guy. 
you know, we were just shooting the bull about a lot of stuff. And, you know, he's with the analytics firm Sumer Sports, and he's prepared them for free agency. And, like, I'm like, do you give Patrick Queen a blue-chip grade like you give Roquan a blue-chip grade? And he's like, no, Patrick Queen's not a blue-chip player for me. He still misses too many tackles. There's still a little bit of you can use his speed against him, misdirection, change of direction. He still overruns some stuff. Like, he's still, he's still vulnerable in coverage. Interesting. Like, you know, so he's like, I mean, if Roquan's 20, you're telling me this guy's 18-5? No, I think this guy's more like 16. We'll find out. Either way, it's going to be too rich for the Ravens' blood. And so, again, this sure. is not about trying to say Patrick Queen's not going to get paid. He's going to get paid. He's going to get life-changing money. And it's not to say he won't have a market. He'll have a market. I think the the, the high end of that market might be two or three teams, not six or seven. Um, and I'll be really interested to see where this comes in because you don't really get paid for tackles. Mm-hmm. You don't, unless you are that force multiplier. Unless you're wearing the dot, you're getting everybody. Unless you are truly the quarterback of the defense and have proven you can be the quarterback of an elite defense, then you start to look at intangibles. Then you look more at tackles. You look at other people's tackle totals. You look at how sound they are fundamentally. All that stuff. Um, But he wasn't that guy. And I don't think he's going to get paid like that guy. I am curious to see how much Mike McDonald bangs the table for him and what that because you as you said you know do they bring Jordan Brooks back they didn't put pick up the fifth year option on him and he knows Patrick Queen McDonald but then there's also the part of it especially with McDonald which is well I know what I'm looking for in the draft and linebackers that was a weird year with three linebackers right mm-hmm. all right, went that, boom yeah. boom boom a lot of times those guys aren't going in the first round at all. So, like, that's the other thing that they have to weigh. Like, yeah, we could go. Now, look, if you think you're getting Patrick Queen and as young as he is and he's going to wear the dot, like, you could sell me on Seattle. I don't see the Chargers doing it. Like, I don't. I definitely don't see them doing it at Tennessee. I don't think you're getting that owner to spend money on defense, period, let alone a linebacker who doesn't affect the quarterback all that much. Like, Denard could bang the table all he wants. I don't think it's going anywhere. Miami, I, I don't see it happening there either, to be honest with you. So, Seattle's probably his best bet because there will be an inherent uh, value to McDonald of having a guy in who's wearing the dot who already knows everything inside out. Um, But even then, do they have to do it at 20? I don't know that they have to do it at 20. Is there a dark horse out there other than the teams with Ravens ties? I mean, who's a linebacker away? Yeah, I, I just that, you know that's a hard I, one to quantify. I, 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 I just don't know that there's a lot of teams looking at it saying that's you know we're that guy away from from making all these gains and and you know like I, I'll tell you this like I, I again I I think the number I think there's going to be some sticker shock. Mm-hmm. I, I think some people are going to be like, "Whoa, that's a lot of money," but it's not. It ain't. It ain't Roquan Jr. (laughs) It's coming up next. Jason alluded to it a few moments ago. Possible cap casualties. Who's on that list? League at large next year on The Fan. Inside Access. Inside Access to the National Football League. NFL Insider, Jason LaConfora, Ravens Insider, Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach, Bill Cowher. Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. And the host of BFD, that's Baltimore Football Daily, Tim 
Barbalese. The League at Large. Sponsored by New Look Home Design. Need a new roof? Call New Look Home Design. Save 50% on roofing materials plus 0% financing until 2024. Visit newlookhomedesign.com or call 800-279-5300. La Fan. Third down and three. Wilson has the ball knocked out of his hands, and it's recovered by Bosa. Here's Chubb trying to pick his way inside the five, and he does. Knocked down at the three. Ball came out, but he was down. Minka Fitzpatrick gets the tackle, but a gain of five. And the last thing any Browns fan wants to see, Nick Chubb holding his left leg. Oh, boy. You work every avenue, all right? I'm a big fan of comp picks, all right? Number one. Like, you, let's create that chain. Let's create that cycle of comp picks. How do you do that? You gain as many picks as you can early, and then you develop, draft, develop, and then make smart decisions on who you resign. Obviously, you want to extend your core players, but then you have to, there's some players we're not going to be able to because of the cap. But you want to create that cycle of comp picks, you know, and you've got to manage your signings and free agency to do that. Um, certainly player workouts, you know, let's turn that bottom of the roster. You know, we want to get better. I'll talk to Jim every morning during the season. Hey, where can, we, where can I help you get better? And he's going to say, Joe, I need a inside backer. I need a, you know, we need to upgrade. Well, that's what we're going to go out there and do. You know, so you do it through free agency. You do it pre-draft, post-draft and free agency. Uh, you do those summer signings, the cap casualties, things to do to protect comp picks, and then really just churn the bottom of the roster. Always looking to get better. You heard a couple of highlights. I think we had a double dip there. Russell Wilson and Joey Bosa both are probably going to be cap casualties. Yeah. And then well, Nick Chubb. Yeah. Oh, Zach Wilson. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, and Russell, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they might be stuck with him. I don't <laughs> know. But then you had, of course, Nick Chubb, who's hurt. He's probably going to get cut. You heard Joey Ortiz, and, or Joe Ortiz, excuse me, uh, talking as GM of the Chargers what they look for and how churning the bottom of the roster. Every year, I think fans eagerly await the cap casualties. Some of them get restructured. But is this going to be a big year for cuts? Yeah. I mean, and there's certainly some who might apply to the Ravens more than others. And this is always a useful exercise because we know all things being equal, the Ravens would far rather, far, far rather, not lather, dive into this pool of players than unrestricted free agents because of the almighty comp pick formula, yeah. which makes sense. I get it. Um, so, yeah, look. There's a few names who stand out to me. And the Chargers are probably going to be the poster boys for this exercise uh, to one degree or another. And and outside of just expiring contracts like um, we spoke about with with Kenneth Murray, their linebacker, you're looking at Bosa and Khalil Mack. I I don't see a world where they're both back. I, I could see a world where neither one is. Khalil Mack's been far more productive lately. He's also older. He had a six-sack um, game last year. He has proven to be more durable than Bosa, but they've invested more of their own draft capital and money over the years in Bosa than they have in Khalil Mack. So that's a tricky decision. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen at wide receiver. My hunch is they keep Keenan Allen and let Mike Williams go, but either way, they won't both be back. And yeah. either one, I think, would be pretty interesting here. Again, yes. you're always worried about durability that's why these guys hit the market in the first place in a lot of cases but a guy like keenan allen coming here and catching 80 balls or something like that would be pretty interesting um let's just stay at receiver 
Michael Gallup or Brandon Cooks in Dallas. I don't think they're both back. Cooks has been the ultimate sort of mercurial one-year you know, vagabond, uh, but he still can run. He can stretch a defense, and let's face it, there's not really – I mean, Zay Flowers can be a deep threat. We didn't see a ton of it last year. They don't really have that guy. You know, Bateman is that guy, but as we've documented, it never really works out with him and Lamar. Um, you know, Tim Patrick yeah, was here before. Raider. That there's some there's an interesting, you know, some size there. Could make sense. Marquez Valdez Scantling is a name we've heard in these parts before. Not sure he's gonna be back with the Chiefs. Um other guys on offense who intrigue me, David Bakhtiari, would they go with him as a short-term rental to try to upgrade over Ronnie Stanley. Now, he missed all of last year. Yes. But was performing at an elite level before that. I don't think he's back in Green Bay. I do believe he wants to continue to play. Could you figure out something with him where he comes in and, I don't know, maybe even move Ronnie to the right side? I don't know. Cam Robinson's another tackle who might intrigue me a little bit. Um, And then defensively, we mentioned a couple of pass rushers, Bosa and Khalil Mack. I don't think Agba's going to be back with Miami. You know, Shaq Barrett yeah. uh, in Tampa, I'm not sure that that's still a fit from a cap standpoint. They're they're in a bind with a lot of their top talent. Um, you know, those are – like, look, I, I, Demario Davis, C.J. Mosley can still play football. And I don't think either one – I don't think Demario's back in New Orleans. I don't think C.J.'s back in – in uh, with the Jets, but I don't know that they fit here because you've already got your Roquan Smith, and I just you're probably going to look to save at that position. You're going to look to spend save. elsewhere. It's a little, it's a little redundant, you know. At corner, Tre'Davious White really hasn't been healthy or productive since he signed that mega deal. Um, and if you're trying to maybe upgrade from Marlin, or you're moving off of Marlin and doing something else. I don't know if you want a guy who's been less durable than Marlon. Xavier Howard, same thing. Hasn't played a ton of football the last few years. Fallen a little bit out of favor in Miami. What's his price point, though? You know, could that could that make sense at a certain point? Perhaps. Um, and, yeah, there'll be a bunch of running backs because there always are. The one who I would be most excited about from a cap casualty standpoint would be Aaron Jones. But I don't think he's – I. I think he's staying. I talked to somebody today, J- Jason, who said that the they who's his his reaction to the running back market is that who's going to pay any of these guys? And if Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley, if they get down to like five six million dollar range, he thinks the Ravens could jump in there. Like he doesn't he doesn't know who's going to end up paying them the ten million dollars that it, that they think they're going to get on the market. Look, it's always tough sledding for them. Um, is there a team or two that's willing to to do it? Um, and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs one. to me is the best of the group. Um, I, I, he's got the less least tread on his tires. Remember, he's the rare Alabama back who didn't get yeah. ridden into the ground by Saban. Um, and had then he's had some yeah. injuries, not serious injuries, but enough to where you look at his overall workload. And it's not like even the Raiders. It's not like he got completely ran into the ground. He had some coordinators there who just wanted to chuck the ball all over the place for a while. That actually worked to his benefit. But he's an every down back. Like he yeah. can make things happen in the pass game too. Um, you know, five or six million for a guy like that. I mean, yeah, if that's a if that's a possibility, I'm jumping all over it. I, I don't think it would get that low. 
You know, but this Aaron Jones thing will be an interesting case study. Like, I think they're going to say bye-bye to Dillard, yeah. but do whatever they can do to keep Aaron Jones. He obviously, when he got healthy second half of last year, was great. There, he, he had a lot to do with the young quarterback taking off there, too. So I, I still think he's a guy who's going to prove that he's worth 10-plus million. There's not too many of them out there. Saquon Barkley wouldn't, doesn't really do it for me because um, of the injuries, frankly, and, and the when lack he's of healthy, He's great, yeah, but yeah. And he's a guy who has had a lot of Sunday afternoons where they're trying to put the ball in his hands 30, 35 times. Like, Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And, and you know, I think he's a little older than, than his age would indicate. Uh, yeah, look, it's going to be like it always is. You better hope your agent did you a solid. You better hope you've got something in your back pocket in the first 72 hours of this thing opening up. Because the first wave's over in about a day and a half. And after that, the prices just go down. Inside access here on a Thursday. No bone. Bone's out of out of uh, area today and tomorrow. He'll be bone back out. Things, he's bone out for damn sure. But, okay, by the way, later in the show, we are going to do a Tim, TMI in absentia because uh, there was a topic that came up yesterday that we are very curious about. So we will do a TMI without TIM. But coming up next, we head down to Sarasota. John Mioli covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Banner. We'll get his thoughts on the O's as they get ready for their first spring training game on Saturday. John joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Brandon Hyde announced earlier today that Corbin Burns will start the first spring training game on Saturday. Let's check in in Sarasota now as we go to the WGK Law Guest Hotline. John Mioli covering the O's for the Baltimore Banner. He joins us now. And, John, thank you as always for joining us. I'll start where we seem to start every day, and that is any Kyle Bradish update for us. 
Uh, Brandon Hyde said he was feeling good today. You know, I just got down to Sarasota um, for, for today. This is my first real uh, experience with what's going on with him firsthand. But he said Kyle Bradish is feeling, you know, well after his, his long toss sessions. Obviously, there's a long way to go between playing catch and, and pitching in a game with your elbow um, injured and trying to recover. But, you know, I, I guess the absence of bad news can be interpreted as good news. For you personally, um, being at this stage that we're in, where there's still a, a, a fair amount of capable arms out there, right? And there may not be in the middle of May or, you know, at some point in time where they may have to make a do or die about this young man's um, future. Is there any part of you that would just go ahead and get some insurance now and that way maybe you keep Tyler Wells on a path towards being an impactful arm in the pen and you manage against the worst-case scenario rather than keep your fingers crossed about something else? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of approached this whole Kyle Bradish injury as, you know, they made their response to it. It was trading for Corbin Burns, which isn't to say that they didn't want to do that beforehand. It's just that, like, you know, once this happened, from from what Michael I said, this injury popped up in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like there was, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like if they were going to make some kind of move um, that they would have waited until after it came out. Um, I, I think they're probably feeling like they're in a decent place with their arms. Um, none of these big guys seem to be flying off the market at this point, but I think if the Orioles were in that market, they would have already, you know, made that move, which isn't to say that they won't. Or that something can happen in the next, you know, week, two weeks, month to make him change their mind. But I think that I think that that would need to happen or would happen if it was going to happen, independent of anything going on with Kyle Bradish. Because you know, I, I believe pretty strongly. No one told me it, but I believe pretty strongly that you know, their their Bradish counter move was was to bring in Corbin Burns. Would if you were Mike Elias, would you go to this new ownership group and make a case for? One year, twenty three million, twenty five million, twenty seven million, whatever for Jordan Montgomery. Ooh, gosh, I mean that that'd be a heck of a hello, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you want to you want to yeah. parade this year, boss, or don't you? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I if it was me, I'm not sure that I would do that. Which isn't to say that it wouldn't be helpful to this team. Um, I, I think the Orioles probably are looking around and wondering why another team hasn't done that. If that was the type of pitcher he was going to be this season and what he was projected to be, somebody probably would have done that already. If that was something he would take, somebody would have already offered it to him and he'd be wearing those, uh, those paper pants in in a camp somewhere. Uh, I I, I think that it's really challenging for me to see them doing something like that. I think it's a lot to stake, you know, no matter what the team's resource situation is, current ownership, you know, future ownership, that's a lot to stake that much money on and i'm not sure that they would do that but that's the type of short-term you know move that i feel like would you would make instead of a long-term one based just on you know the profile of this organization's depth and where they want to go we're talking to john mioli's inside access here on the fan i didn't know we'd go down this rabbit hole but since we are here john curious if you don't want to spend the big money something we talked about yesterday what about a michael lorenzen that and and i think we're both approaching this jason i don't want to speak for jason but it's to keep tyler wells in the bullpen and like if you bring in an arm and lorenzen's not going to cost you a whole lot of money but you know you, you you're you can be pleased with him at the back end of your rotation i think those types of moves are are, are definitely on the table something you know, short term, low risk, low, you know, honestly, low upside, but, you know, yeah. not, but, but to help, 
to help the rest of the team look the way that you want it. Um, you know, I'm only going to be down here for a few days. I'm not getting the, you know, the, the extended look that a lot of people are, but I think there's a lot of fascination within the organization about some of the, you know, whether they're free agents or within the organization, like the non-roster types um, for better or worse. I think they have a, a, a pretty strong belief in how they, you know, help pitchers get better and what they identify and what they target to bring in here. So, you know, that's not to say that you would bet on yourself turning some guy that no one's ever heard of into an all-star like they've done a couple other times. You're not going to do that every single year. Um, You're not going to not sign a starting pitcher to knock on effect, improve your bullpen because you can do that. But I think, I think there are some, you know, I, I couldn't tell you picking out of a hat who, right. but I think they're going to be happy with, with, with what they have internally because of the process he's in and the way they went about you know building the roster as it stands right now. If, if Tyler Wells is pitching every fifth day, um, uh, would there be a part of you that's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop the way the other shoe has kind of dropped the last couple of years? Like, in a perfect world... Is he a high leverage late inning guy, and and we take that as a win? I think I think that's a you know that's a good outcome. It's almost like you know the way that we used to talk about you know I'm doing a cross sign on myself right now, DL Hall, <laughs> and, and like yeah. you know you exhaust every opportunity. You know, is it going to be the worst outcome if you know? And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if Tyler Wells just does a repeat of what he did last year, and he is you know knocking on the door of the All Star game in the first half, and then hits a wall and needs to spend three weeks converting back to being a reliever um, in the second half. Like that's not to say that's a good option, but like that's, that's, that's a, that feels like, you know, if we're talking about bracing ourselves for that and that being his outcome, like that's not the most terrible outcome that we're talking about. Um, I, I think that, I think that probably their thinking is that he deserves another shot to be in the rotation and kind of right right what happened last year i'm Mm -hmm. not sure how long the leash is going to be it's just it's just you know it's happened like you mentioned it's happened a couple times people don't really do his career path is is a one of one you know to be yeah a a rule five guy sit out two years come back as a big league reliever transition into starting two years in a row like that doesn't happen very often so i'm not sure there's a blueprint and that might be one of the reasons why you you know take your kind of path and put him back in the bullpen but to, to to say that to say that you abandon him as a starter, given what he's shown he can do as a starter, even in a limited, you know, p- portion of the season, feels it doesn't feel right to me. John, let's look at the outfield, and it looks like they they want to see if Jorge Mateo can be a super utility guy. Did, in your mind, does that potentially open up spots for Kerstad and Kalzer? Who who do you have ahead of who as far as the extra outfielders are concerned? Gosh, you know, I want to see what Jorge Mateo can do this too. I'm not saying that I don't think he can, but I really want to see it um, before before I'm getting married to that idea. <laughs> I think that I think that if we were sitting here right now, you know, based on how last year went, that Heston Kerstad showed up ahead of Colton Kowser in that corner outfield pecking order. Um, I think Kowser's center, center field ability probably works in his favor if we're looking at a, a post-Ryan McKenna world and a world where Jorge Mateo is not going to be trusted in center field. Uh, so I think the center field aspect helps Kowser, but 
there, there's a lot of ways to make an impression, um, good and bad. And, and Kowser's was, was not the best in his limited major league time. And from the moment Brandon Hyde laid eyes on Heston Kerstad, he saw that power and, you know, his heart started throbbing. He's loved it. You know, since the moment he, he got right and got to show that in spring training last year, they, they gave him chances when he came up in September, mm-hmm. um, for, for, for all intents and purposes, you know, he will start this year to me where he ended up, which was ahead of, you know, ahead of Colton Kowser in, in Brandon High's eyes, and I think those are, are a really important set of eyes as we're having this conversation. Um, Kyle Stowers, is he is like, is he just showing off for other teams and he'll be traded before roster cutdown? I, I think that if he's, I think he's showing off for somebody. I don't know how he jumps either of those guys. Right. Um, I really just don't know how he does it at this point. Um, you know, there's there's always the possibility of injuries. There's always the possibility of a number of things happening. But but to to, to write off Kyle Stowers at this point in his career, I don't think is I don't think is 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 very smart. And I think that I think there's probably going to be an opportunity for him to be a big leaguer somewhere this yeah. year. Kind of in the way that Michael Eyes used to talk about Joey Ortiz. You know, that guy's a big leaguer and and he's going to be somewhere. And, and and I hope that I hope that he shows that he's worthy of that opportunity this spring because he's worked really hard for it. Um, you know, everybody has their growing pains in the big leagues. Some guys get a second chance, and some guys those chances are harder to come by, and, and timing didn't really work out for him last year. John Mioli covers the O's for the Baltimore Banner. John, thanks as always for your time. We appreciate it. Enjoy your time in Sarasota. Will do. Talk to you guys Thank soon. Thank you, sir. Hey, coming up next, it's a very special TMI because it it's is. without TIM. It's the most special TMI ever in yeah, some ways. Uh, so I guess I'll ask you what do we got. Yeah, well... We were talking about a, a friend of ours and a friend of the show yes. who could not join us this week because he's celebrating his wife's 50th birthday. Yes. This individual is well north of 50. Yeah, well north of 60. Yeah. And which got Chuck Bucks into the uh, text mix, our text chain, saying that this guy is hardly alone because his theory is everybody, at least male, who marries a second time males, marries younger. Hmm. So I don't know. The people out there might have something to say about that. Oh, we'll open it up to the phone calls. 410-583-1057-WGK-LAW. Wife number two, always significantly younger. Is it always younger? We'll talk about it next here on The Fan. Inside Access. The Fan. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. It's T-Bone time, but without TIM, he is on assignment. So, Jason, I will give the floor to you at least at first. No, I've got to I've got to be the bone? Mm-hmm. That's a tough. These are these are big, big shoes to fill. Do you have so a simulator? You, I don't. I'm I come to you. Simulator free, uh-huh. bone out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got an uphill battle here to get through this TMI. Um, but yeah, we were talking the other day about a friend of ours and why he couldn't come on the show. And there's a, a pretty significant age gap, yes, between him and uh, his second wife. And apparently, that's par for the course. Like, I, I guess that's how it's done. I have a hard time. Like, I, I can't imagine having like more than one wife, and. Like, well, I, but I, let's I, be honest. When you get I married, mean, nobody imagines having more yeah, than one. I know, but it's just like, like the the idea of going through. Unless you're like, Mormon, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's at that's one time. Baked into a different cake. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I understand why it happens, and God forbid you lose your spouse, and you've still got a lot of time on your side and all that. Or you get but divorced. Like, right. But like the whole, but like if I got divorced, specifically like to this case, guy gets divorced, wife number two. Like if I get divorced, I could not fathom a world where for any reason there's a wife number two. Really? Younger, older, exactly the same age. So, I, I mean, I to, for me, it's a one and done. Like, to go all the way down that road again and the whole just legal side of things and the whole, you know, priest and wedding and party and, like, however many people showing up. Like, yeah. I, I just... Well, there are options. Eh. So, here's my thing. When I got married, and I got married at the age of... What was I... 2008 so it's like what that's 16 years ago so my yeah i wasn't even i was 35 36 i thought it was going to be forever that person then i knew pretty quickly thereafter that it wasn't going right. to be uh i've been engaged twice since neither time did it finish right i'm now in a relationship with margie uh i i think at some point it will get to that point and i'm i'll be happy about it uh, I don't have to deal with a priest, at least unless she wants one. Uh, right. Um, I don't know that it will be a big wedding. It would be the second one for both of us, hypothetically speaking, purely. Right, right. Uh, she's a year younger, year so and a half younger than me. So it still qualifies. Yeah, but it's not like a, But it's not. It's, yeah, 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 like, I, I was going to ask you, because you guys seem to be basically of yeah, a similar age. cohort. Yeah, yes. We're cut from the same cloth. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But you were married for how long? Three years. Yeah, so that's different. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm at a stage now, like, when you've been married to somebody 20 years, like, I couldn't imagine I'm married to somebody 23, 25, whatever years, mm -hmm. for whatever reason it ends, and then, like, getting it back into a relationship my to the point it. where it's like, I, I'm going to go through and marry somebody again. Yeah, my father got married, what? before I was born, so probably like 1970, 69. And then my parents divorced in the... But the first one couldn't have been 20 years. No, nah, well, no, it was... That's in, what I'm saying. Like, I, I like, like you know, that had to be a quickie. 15. 15? Yeah, they, they got divorced. Pretty, yeah, they got divorced in like, long. around the time the Orioles got won the World Series. So, yeah, and then he met my stepmom, and they've been married a long time. Like, they got married mid to late 80s, and they're still together. What's that age? What's the age difference? Uh, I think my father's like... Three or four years older? No, that's not so. That's not noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's Chuck Buck's theory. Yeah. Well, we have a call. He might be wrong. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the, the Chuck Buck's theory, and he is the purveyor of the Chuck Buck, so that allows us to have such delicious meals of pickles during baseball season. Uh, but he says that the second wife is always much younger, and he cited many examples. I'm sure he has done plenty of research. Yes, yes. But you, you are perhaps on the cusp of being. In uh, a counterbalance yes, to that. Yes, yeah. To, um, uh, there's a, a, a shock in the force, I guess. Something like that. Well, let's go to Joe in Baltimore. Joe, you're on the fan. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? What's today? up? What's up? So, it's interesting that now that I'm thinking about it, my dad and my mom, when they got married, my mom was only like four or five years younger than him. They got divorced. He met my stepmom, um, and she was like 15 years yeah. younger than him. And they stayed together. Well, my father just passed this oh, past June, sorry. but they were still married um, up to that point. And so I got married at 27, and my wife was one year older than me. Uh, we divorced like two and a half years later, um, and I, I just got married again this past May. 
and my wife is 10 years younger than me now. Oh, that's Chuck you, Buck's you, theory. You are generational proof of yeah. the Chuck Bucks theory. Yeah. <laughs> Two generations. Yeah. Okay. No, Joe, appreciate the call. Well, he's... It's working out for, for Joe, and, his, and it worked out for his pop. Yeah, I have a couple friends that, that have been married a second time, and their second wives are younger. I, I, it probably happens more often than not. I would guess. Having done no research on it, not even as much as Chuck Bucks. Yeah, well, Chuck and Chuck. Well, Chuck's lived a rich and robust life. Yes, Chuck, he has. I mean, Chuck's done some things, seen some things. Son, mostly at Disney, and mostly done. at Disneyland. Which Disney is the World. happiest place? Which on one Earth? is which? I know Disney I, World's Florida. Yeah, mostly Disney World. Has he been to Disneyland? I do not know. He's a big Disney guy. He is a surprisingly big Disney, guy. big Disney guy. My brother's been to Euro Disney. He's also been to Disney. Is that, Asia. Did they close? Didn't they close Euro Disney? Para, Paris. They the still one, one in Paris. Yeah, yeah. The one in Paris, I think, is still open. But he had been there. Yeah, you couldn't drag me there. They opened the Ratatouille ride there early. Like if before, uh, if you got me to France drugged on a plane, uh-huh. there's no way I'm going to a Disney thing while I'm there. You once did travel to Europe. I'm just saying, if you got me there, I would I would travel plenty via train all oh. over the continent. But, but Disney's I would not be going place. to Disney. Yeah, I was no. gonna say, how are you getting there without going on a plane? If you drug me, <laughs> as I said originally, if you drug me and got me on the plane when we land, you'd have to drug me double to get me to go to a damn Mickey Mouse thing in Paris. No chance, Lance. <laughs> so, hey, coming up a little later, we may take a couple more calls on this 410-583-1057. Anybody have evidence of marrying younger the second time around? Or is this just some uh, cockamamie Chuck Bucks theory, though? Joe. And Joe's proof. dad. Yeah, Joe and Joe's dad both endorse said theory. Hey, coming up next. We could talk about this forever, but we have a Hall of Famer joining us next. BetQL's Lucy Burge. We'll get her best bets and more with Lucy next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free 
Odyssey app.